Connor Thorpe. We probably just about deserved the goal. Sheffield Wednesday. What are you shaking your head at? <laughs> I should have been listening. <laughs> you know, it really made for an unbelievable atmosphere. Everything came together. He's going to go for one. Bam! Wow, I can't believe it. Outrageous. It really was something special. That's what you get when you go to Sheffield. Joseph Hadfield. <laughs> what is up with you two today? Three lads talking absolutely half of the course on football. For us. Josh Chapman. If I was a neutral fan, that would have been a brilliant game of football to watch. Sheffield United. I'm glad I didn't see the second because we were shocking, but I thought he did really well. Here's Elliman and Jai. On he goes. Go on, Jai. You're home for the Blades and Owls. This is Football Forum. Good evening. The Championship returned after its four-week pause for the World Cup. England flying home no sooner than Sheffield United's Senegalese star on show in Qatar was back on grass at Bramall Lane. Leagues 1, 2, National and non-asking, what break? Joseph Hadfield here with United against Huddersfield and Wednesday down at Exeter on the way. Connor Thorpe and George Sanderson doing the hard yards on the analysis alongside me. Evening, chaps. Evening. We'll also have the regional results, unpredictable, and we'll look ahead to the Owls against Oxford and the Blades trip to Wigan on Monday night. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play Football Forum. We're back at shoe, still focusing on red and two shades of blue. This is Football Forum. And it's live. Very good evening to you. Thank you for your company. Straight on to the action. And after that duel in Devon, our Grecian Jed Penberthy returns to run the rule over Exeter against Wednesday. Evening, Jed. Hello, how are we? Very well, thank you. That's to come later on. First up, though... It's the return of the quiz question and uh, George, and there's no need to worry this week because there's only one George in this studio, has this week's quiz question. Well, I mean, it's been a bit of a rush preparation, but we'll see see how you get on with this one. So obviously tonight, Morocco versus France in the semi-final of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. We're going to theme this one a bit about Morocco. Right. So, at this World Cup, only one team has scored past Morocco. Who is that team? Name that, and if that's too easy for you, have the goal scorer as well. That's what we love to see, then. We are looking for the uh, the only the team. only team to have scored past Morocco at this World Cup, I think. In the and penalty shootouts count? No. Right. In okay. normal time. In normal time. Because <laughs> they've only they've only conceded one goal so far yes, this World Cup. It's conceded. that team and that goal scorer for extra yes. points. So there we are. Quiz question this week from George. He's looking for the only team to have scored past Morocco in normal time. So this excludes a p- penalty shootouts. The only team and goal scorer as well that scored past Morocco at this World Cup in normal time. Answer to come at the end of the programme. Onwards we go. Sheffield United up first then. Back to Championship football and the first game after an international break hasn't been kind to United in recent times. Bottom of the table, Huddersfield hoping to keep that curse on going. Connor has the details. Yep, and United fans could be forgiven for being a little bit nervous. It's a new thing coming straight on in off not just an international break, but a really extended international break during the season. Uh, it was a nice game for United to kick off, though, playing against bottom of the league, Huddersfield, and they managed to win by one goal to nil. Not a great game by all accounts, but a great goal to win it. Brilliant work by Ilhamen Njai, setting through Billy Sharp and a lovely chip over the on-rushing Huddersfield goalkeeper. 
Paul Heckingbottom said at the end there were some really pleasing bits. The first half was exactly what we wanted. It was really good. The message at half-time was that the only people who could beat us was ourselves. No disrespect to Huddersfield. We weren't as tidy with the ball. We never really put it in behind them as much. Second half took the gloss off it as a little bit. I was comfortable on the side in terms of how, of how we defended the box, but it was a game of two halves. Exceptional first half and getting the job done second half. So, George, you were at the United game. What were your thoughts on that one? I mean, first half, absolutely brilliant. You know, we we controlled the game. I think Ollie Norwood had arguably one of his best games of the season. You know, he was dictating that midfield. Same with McAtee, actually. He really impressed me in the first half. He was, you know, alongside Nord, he was dropping back. He was winning the ball. He was finding those key passes. I think the one thing we lacked is that we didn't really take any shots in the first half. And the one or the one shot that I remember us taking, of course, the one that went in, uh, Illiman and Jai with a lovely bit of skill to get away from the defenders, plays the ball through to Billy and he dinks it over the goalkeeper and it's, you know, it's a deserved lead. And I think we could have been two or three nil up by half time if we just took a few more shots, basically. And then I believe it was at half time, uh, they made a change uh, to bring on... Hogg, I think it was, he came on and the game sort of, that changed the game, I think, for Huddersfield. They had someone in midfield who was able to essentially do what Norwood did in the first half and give them a bit of presence in that midfield. And I wouldn't say we looked like we could concede, but I don't think it looked like anyone was really going to score in it. It sort of cancelled itself out for the second half and it was, you know, Huddersfield didn't really create the chances, that's where they lacked. We kept on winning the ball back from them pretty easily, but then we just went, here, have the ball again. We'll play a rubbish pass to you. And uh, yeah, it was a weird second half, but three points is three points, isn't it, as I say? Do you think there was a little bit of rustiness from the World Cup? How how would you say that extended break affected the game itself? Definitely some rustiness, I think. Uh, but you'd say in the first half, like I say, it didn't really show it too much. It was more weirdly in the second half. So maybe it was just that rustiness to deal with a, a change in the game or something like that it you know there were second half the passing was off from us we would win the ball back we'd go for this passing just play it straight back to Huddersfield every single time so defensively we were very strong you know we defended well from it we didn't really let them have any big chances I think Wes maybe only had one or two stops to make but it, it was the getting the ball clear that worried me a little bit and we were definitely rusty at that but as far as comebacks come, it, it wasn't too bad for us. And now United starting to get a lot of those injured players back. I noticed that Jaden Bogle was on the bench at the weekend. That must be really promising. And I, I think that break probably came at a good time for United as well. How would you assess the position you're in now? Second in the league, five points clear. You've had all those injuries as well. To be fair, you're not doing badly to say you've had all those injuries and now you've, you've got those players coming back. How optimistic are you for the rest of the season? Yeah, that's the key thing you say. We've now got that five-point cushion on second, which is, that's going to be massive for us because if we do have an off game or something like that, when you've got that cushion, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to drop straight out the automatics. It's going to take a couple of off games or a couple of bad results. Uh, I think we're still three points off Burnley as well, as far as I remember. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, looking forward now, I think it's, I'd like to think it'll be between us and Burnley. But, you know, we've got Norwich, we've got Watford, they're both in the playoffs, it's going to be close. Uh, the international break for us, we brought back a lot of players, by lots of it. As you said, we had 
we had Max Lowe back on the bench. We had Bogle back on the bench. We had a lot of uh, players who had been out for the season, uh, or out for most of the season, all coming back. And it's only a matter of time before we're able to, uh, you know, bring them back into the forefront, hopefully. It was a little bit of magic from Ilman and Jai to, to set up Billy Sharp. How much do you think that experience of the World Cup would have helped him? It would be massive. You know, he's with all respect to the championship, he's not really had that experience of playing with top-level players. You know, there are, of course, the stars in the championship, the Ishmael Asars he'll have come up against and people like that. But, like, at the World Cup, he has that in abundance. You know, he's played a half against England and, you know, the likes of Bellingham and people like that that are just on another level, essentially. So I, I'm hoping he'll be able to add those experiences to his game. Maybe it'll be a bit more smart in certain situations when he's on the ball or something but you know it's it's all about keeping him in January I think is the first the first thing keep hold of him and then hopefully we'll see him obviously shine in the second half of the season and Sheffield United's Senegalese star obviously can't do his uh, his reputation any harm after those uh, those fantastic performances for Senegal reaching the last 16. Uh, plenty more to come for Sheffield United. Um, they've got Wigan uh, next up. That's on Monday night. We'll touch on that in a few moments. But for now, that's Sheffield United done and dusted. You're home for United and Wednesday. This is Football Forum, only on Spotify. 10 to 6 on Football Forum for the uh, the 10th edition of this series thank you for your company remember only seven editions away now from our 200th episode so uh, that's to come in the new year so united's done onwards to wednesday then and a 500 mile round trip to st james's park the right st james's park um our newcastle fan rob won't have um, won't be pleased with that quit but never mind um an exeter former blade and miller jamal blackman hoping to keep the owls quiet mr sanderson uh you'll talk us through that one Oh, sorry. Capriche? <laughs> For God's sake. I knew that was coming, and it was still just as bad as I was expecting it to Lovely. be. Lovely. Uh, yeah, that's right. We had the long trip for Sheffield Wednesday uh, over to Exeter. It was Jake Caprice, there's your joke for you, getting the opening goal 56 minutes into the game. It's only his second goal in 366 games. Goodness. Because I was reliably informed by Jed earlier. And... He was actually playing out of position at left wing back during that game. Normally a right back as well. So, I mean, what a way to say, play me in this position. You get your first goal in exactly. God knows how long. Uh, but then it was Jamie Patson, 94. Callum Patson. Callum Patson. Oh, it's not Jamie, is it? Where does he play? Swansea. Swansea. <laughs> Callum Patson. Callum's not quite Sh- as good, but, you know, he did say yeah, that. It shows weekend. how much I know about Sheffield Wednesday, that. Uh, Callum Patterson, 94th minute equaliser in that. Darren Moore said he thinks it was a deserved point. First half, we had lots of possession and created four or five wonderful opportunities. We went in at half time and I said to the boys, the problem I have is that we had the dominance, just not the conviction. I said that left the door, uh, they had left the door ajar for them. Their goal was a long range effort. I've watched it back and I can only think Stockers has been missighted because of the way it's bounced in front of him. It left us with a mountain to climb because they had the impetus of the crowd and something to hold on to. I tried to change it with many different shapes. The one we finished it with Pato, Gregson, and Wilkes up front. 
paid dividends in the end. Credit to Pafto, it's a wonderful compost finish and he's in total control of it and has left uh, let all the ball do the work. It was a great finish. I said to the boys, we're showing a doggedness and a fighting attitude. We found a way to win the point. Uh, I spoke to you earlier, Jed, about this, about whether it was a deserved point for the Owls and you you seem to think different. What's What was your take on it? Well, yeah. If you if you take it onto the onto the first half performance, I think Darren Moore's right. I think uh, the the quality was proven with with Barry Bannon on the pitch. He was he was creating chances left, right, and centre. I think the biggest talking point of the game is the fact that Barry Bannon got injured midway through the first half, because that seemed to have changed the shape of Wednesday, and it it almost spurred City on. You get into half time nil nil, and the game just flips on its head, and City have more possession. The crowd the crowd are up, and a pop shot from Jake Caprice. I mean, like you say, he's only scored his, his second goal of his career, but from 35 yards, 30 yards it was, just swipes across it, swerves away from Stockdale, he should have done better, goes into the back of the net, and like, and like Darren Moore said, we had something to hold on to, but I think we had chances after that as well to, to, to make the point safe. There was, a, there was a mistake from Stockdale that fell straight to our striker, Jay Stansfield, on loan from Fulham. Um, and you, you know, nine times out of ten, a striker would take that out of his feet and stick it back over the keeper's head. Stockdale was in no man's land, but I think maybe it's just a bit confidence uh, of the nineteen-year-old. Maybe it was a a little bit of a a little bit of uh, wariness as well. He hasn't scored in front of the big bank yet, and City fans know what a big moment that's going to be for him. And he just took two, three touches too many, and he he allowed Stockdale to get back. Now, if that had gone in. I think we would have been home and hose, but like I say, uh, Wednesday rang the changes, brought on Patterson up front, and oh, the last goal. You play well for 90 minutes, but you've got to play well for 96 minutes, and that's the problem. One long ball forward, a little head down, and Patterson does the job. It's a fantastic finish from Patterson. Take nothing away from that, but you should never have had the opportunity in the first place. And obviously, Exeter's demise and downfall is Sheffield Wednesday's advantage, Connor. A... Really, would would you say it was a deserved point? Daryl Moore thought so. Are you in the same boat? Uh, well, to be fair, the first half, I, I don't think it was anywhere near as good as what Darren Moore seemed to think. We created probably one decent chance, which is a Barry Bannon ball, a brilliant ball as, as it was from a free kick over the top to Windass, who really should have done better. I thought from open play, we really didn't do much. Um, and I think Exeter were really aggressive. They got in our faces. And I don't think we really know how to cope with it. Um we probably had the better of the chances in the first half, but we didn't really show the quality that I know we've got. Um, we did; It wasn't a free-flowing performance, I don't think. And I think in the second half, it was a terrible performance, to be honest. Um, and I guess when you look at a game, the second half probably sticks out in your mind more. There's a bit of recency bias there and you and you think, well, we got away with that. But I do I do think we got away with it, to be honest. Um, like Jed said, it's, it's a long ball over the top. It's a lovely finish from Callum Patterson. Um, but we were we were awful in that second half. I think probably the worst we've played all season in a half of football. Um, it's it's a little bit concerning at the minute because I, th- I I can see our performance levels just dropping a little bit in these last few weeks. Um, games like against Shrewsbury at home are those ones where you think, well, we've won ugly, we'll take it. But I think if you start playing as badly as that in quite a few games, you, you're soon going to see your results start to drop off and. At the minute, we are in a great position in the league, and in fact, we're in a better position in the league than when I was last on this. Talking Start about of Wednesday. September shows how long you've been. Yeah, um, 
I don't think it was that long because when we beat Cambridge, I was on. I oh, of course. Yes, our... Uh, yeah. yeah. And I was really positive about us then and we weren't in as good of a league position as we are now. So, I, you know, I can... I think we have to give that to us. The fact that we've... We seem to be chipping away and getting results more often than not. But at the minute, I just... I'm starting to see a little dip in our performance levels. We're looking quite toothless up front. The quality from wide positions isn't quite there. Marvin Johnson's not on a very good run of form. Iofa's playing at right wing back, which I think's I could understand it the the thinking behind it at Derby. You know, when you're probably expecting to be up against it. I think against most teams in the league, you play Liam Palmer at wing back who's gonna give you more going forwards and I think it does stop us from an attacking point of view, being able to get those deliveries into the box. And I, th- and I think once once someone's been on a, a really bad run of form like Iotha has been, he's starting to get a little bit of confidence back at centre-back. And then you're playing him out of position at right wing-back where he's not going to be able to provide the attacking quality that the team needs. I think it's a bit of a bizarre choice, to be honest. Um, so, and, and that's that's where the first goal comes from as well, um, is... is is in a position that he doesn't usually find himself in. He gives the ball away and obviously Stockdale should do better. Um, at the minute, I, I worry about as if Bannon is injured. Like Jed said, a key point in that game was Bannon going off. I think without Bannon and Byers, we really lack someone who can get the ball in the deep area and progress it forwards in there. You had Backinson who kind of fades in and out of the game. He'll do something really good and show a little bit of class, but then... He'll often give the ball away and look off the pace. You've got Dele Bashiri, who was brilliant in moments, and he can run at players and take three or four on. Uh, but he doesn't control the game in the same way that a Byers or a Bannon would. And I think that's what we really lacked, especially in that second half. Um, and Byers is just coming back to fitness. I do worry for this weekend, although we'll get onto that in a bit, if they're both not playing. I do worry about what that midfield's going to look like. Uh, I, I think that's ultimately where we lost the battle in the second half. Um and up front, we're looking quite toothless at the minute. Windass and Smith, not in the best of form. Windass especially. Um, so, yeah, a few concerns at the minute. I'd, I'd like to think this is just a little blip and it's not being shown in the results overall and that we can improve our performance for the rest of the festive period and, and sort of get back to where we were performance-wise. Because if we can do that, we're so close now to Plymouth and Ipswich that we could end up going top of the league. Um, the 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 positive is that Plymouth have gone four without a win, so the high standards that were being set by the top three maybe just coming down a little bit. Mm. I think um, we the teams in the top three have just looked so much a class above the the rest of the league for most of the season. I think in recent weeks and ourselves included, you're starting to see those really tight, niggly games coming back into it, um, and it and I'd just like to see us go up a few gears in the next few games just to show so you know show the superiority that you think you'd that we'd have looking at our squad exactly and for exeter then obviously still mid table but as you said last week this season for exeter was all about sort of consolidation after a successful promotion season surely you must take heart from the fact that for for 93 minutes you were arguably the better side and deserved all three points yeah certainly i mean <laughs> We we got a point off Derby and we got a point off Wednesday and if you'd have told us that at the start of the season, we would have bitten your hand off. To to get a point away at Derby, I think that's a bigger result than this one. This does feel like two points dropped and I I was speaking after the game and it just feels like we're so close to the top but also so close to the bottom. It, mm. it, we're mid table by definition in the fact where 
this season can go either way now. Mm. We can either go on a run of six games where we win and we start pushing the playoffs, or we go on a winless run of six games and we're dragged right into the mix. And I think the problem is we're just... The 94th, 94th minute equaliser, it's just summed up our last couple of weeks at City. It's just the fact we, we just can't get over the line. The performance was fantastic today, but, but, but the performance was fantastic against Morecambe last week as well. Hmm. And we only got a draw. It, it's just a case we need to turn these performances into points now. Now, a good point against Wednesday, again, like I said, excellent point for a club of our size. But we're in League One on merit. We shouldn't be looking at these teams and saying, oh, we're going to lose this game, we're going to lose that game, but we can pick up games here at Morecambe and, and places like that. We should be going into every game saying, well, they're a League One club, we're a League One club, why can't we beat them? And we saw that mentality in the second half against Wednesday. As soon as, like I say, Wednesday were plus playing loose balls all the way around the um, the pitch and we were just kind of building and building and building and suddenly one loose ball comes to Archie Collins he does just the simple thing and passes it to Jake Caprice now Jake Caprice makes a habit of shooting from distance and what the stats tell you is that most of the time it hits the student flats behind the goal on one occasion he gets it on target and suddenly Stockdale well he channeled his in a playoff final um, <laughs> so uh queuing <laughs> quite funny remarks from the big banker uh, singing that Cameron Dawson's better than you. I mean, I have to be biased on this one. I do like Cameron Dawson more than I like David Stockdale. But then again, Stockdale scored the winning penalty for Wickham against us in the League Cup. <laughs> there we are. Um, well, Exeter, there we are. X to one, Sheffield Wednesday. One Wednesday still in third in uh, League One. But as Connor was mentioned, three points now away from um, from Plymouth at the top of the table. Just going to quickly run you through the local results um, short for time this evening. Rotherham returning to championship action with a 3-1 defeat at Bristol City. Uh, Wes Harding sticking in his own net and Chirog Bene equalising before it all went south and the points going south too. Barnsley, their game at Oxford United was postponed. That's fantastic preparation for Sheffield Wednesday when they take them on on Saturday. League Two and Doncaster Rovers with a 1-0 victory at Newport County. Kyle Noyle with the only goal of the game. Chesterfield, they were supposed to have played last night at Wrexham. Fantastic game uh, for them to get on Netflix. That was postponed, um, but they did get a 3-1 victory at home to Dorking Wanderers on Saturday. Shimanga, Dobra and Quigley with the goals there. And Hallam, well, they were hoping to be playing top of the league North Ferriby, or not hoping, depending on how you look at things. Uh, that was postponed as well due to the frozen pitch. Um, so they are taking on Thackley on Saturday. Chesterfield in FA Trophy action. Harrogate Town for Donny Rovers. Burton Albion at home for Barnsley. And Rotherham United heading down to West Brom. That is the local roundup. You're home for the Blades and Owls. This is Football Forum. Three minutes past six on this Wednesday evening. Thank you for your company for Football Forum. Right, onwards to the previews then. And we're going to start things with Sheffield Wednesday. We'll start with Wednesday as they come first. Oxford United, the next task for the Owls, Connor. Uh, three o'clock Saturday. And with Oxford... Well, Oxford 16th, Exeter were around mid-table as well last week. Obviously, 
you have no idea what Oxford are going to be like, given the fact that their game at ba- against Barnsley postponed last weekend. Um, ideal preparation, but uh, a couple of, of key players coming back into the squad from injury over the Christmas period as well. For Wednesday? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's what we're hoping for. Um, although I can't get too you know, happy about injuries when we don't really know what the latest is with Bannon. He went off at Exeter, as we discussed. He's having a scan. I think we'll probably ha- find out more from Darren Moore, whether it's tomorrow or Friday, whenever they have the press conferences. I think it sometimes changes, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I think if, if Bannon or Byers are there, I'm a lot more confident if neither of them are there. And I think you look at some of the quality that Oxford have in midfield, I think that 16th position for the squad that they've got is a little bit of a false one. Um, the likes of Cameron Brannigan, uh, Marcus Magoué and Lewis Bay, I think that's a, a very good midfield three for League One. They got off to a really bad start to the season. They've improved in recent weeks. And, you know, they came to Hillsborough last season. They sort of imposed their game plan on us. It was when we were really at a low ebb in sort of, I think it was September time, maybe late September. Um, and we were looking really poor, uh, struggling to get to grips with League One. And, and they came and they did a real job on us and they dominated that midfield battle. And I do worry that without Bannon and Byers, if that is the case, I do worry that that could happen maybe not to the same extent but if Oxford midfield does get on top of us um, then it could be a really difficult game I I always think it's quite dangerous against these teams that are in a lower position than they should be because you know that on the day they have got the quality in their team to hurt you so um, I'm expecting it to be a a tougher game than you'd than you'd look at you know third v 16th if you just looked at that in isolation you'd probably think it's a game that the team in third would probably win two or three nil but I think it could be a lot closer than that well United, uh, Wednesday, Oxford, as Connor says, third against 16th. Saturday, 3 o'clock. Predictions to come shortly. First up, George, Sheffield United. And, uh, well, you've got the weekend off, really. So, chance to enjoy the World Cup third place playoff and the final. Um, because Wigan Athletics game is on a Monday evening. Monday night football at the DW, JJB, whatever the hell it's called nowadays. <laughs> Um, Wigan Athletic against Sheffield United Monday night kickoff eight o'clock on the telly. Um, what do you make of this one? I mean, what says a telly game like Wigan Athletic v Sheffield United? Uh, for Wigan, I mean, twenty second in the league. It's another. It's a sort of a similar situation to the Huddersfield one. We mm. should be winning it. But again, like we said last week, it's a championship. God knows. Um, Wigan new manager, potential new manager. Colo. Colo, 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 Torre. He's been waiting for that the entire episode. I have indeed, yes. Terrible, terrible song. And it's a shame now that it's going to get brought back into the modern conscience, in it? Because, yeah, it's a terrible song. Anyway, move on. Have they still got Will <laughs> Gregg? Because then that'll go. No, he's at MK Dons. Ah, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, new manager bounce, as we say, Colo, Torre. New manager at Wigan. They, I mean, the bounce kind of started they got a 1-1 draw away against Wigan last time uh, sorry away against Millwall last time out and if, from what I've heard it was a pretty closely fought game mm. so maybe against us they'll be full of confidence from that uh, Will Keane got his eighth goal of the season in that last game he's certainly someone we're going to have to be wary of he's, he's a talented player always seems to be scoring goals for them but never getting the move away to a, a of what you would call bigger club, I guess. Um, but now it should it should be one we win. I'd like to think I said this against Huddersfield, and we only just got it 
uh, there. I'd like to think we'll be better this time round. We'll learn from the mistakes that we made against Huddersfield. We'll be a bit more clinical, I guess, on the attack, even though we didn't have many shots against Huddersfield. We'll take a few more efforts. And hopefully we'll have a couple more players back as well. You know, Lowe and Bogle were only on the bench last time. Maybe they'll get they'll be fit enough or, you know, ready enough to start, potentially, or at least threaten for that start. Uh, Sanderberg, we saw come off the bench last time out. Maybe he'll be ready for a start. I know Tommy Doyle uh, is pushing to be back in the squad as well. Hmm. I'm I'm fairly confident over this one. Uh, Wigan, the last 10, they've only won three of them. They're winless in the last four. You know, it's everything's pointing towards us winning, but we always say it, it's the championship. Exactly, exactly. We'll come to predictions very shortly. And uh, although... A lot of people break up for Christmas. Uh, we don't, and we're back next week um, for the last one before Christmas. Chappers has got the local roundup now. Have I got my bed? Yeah, you have. Nobody knows what a bed is. Nobody knows what a bed is. from I the do. ones that you sleep on. I'm taking... Yeah. There you go. <laughs> You're home for United and Wednesday. The game that we've created the least in is the game that we score three in. I don't know how we didn't go in more than 1-0 down. With the biggest guest. Oh, morning, mate. You're right. Hello there. Good morning. Great nice to, to have you with us. Yeah. Thank you for coming in, Rob. Cheers, Cheers. guys. Joseph Hadfield. You know why I didn't bring my jelly babies after last time. Josh Chapman. We had no right to be anywhere near those playoffs. Connor Thorpe. Still trying to come to terms with what I witnessed. I don't believe it. No. Got it. Oh, is it? Spot on. It is. Get it. Before I even had a chance. Even Sheffield Wednesday have scored penalties. There was a point where we were only scoring. This is Football <laughs> Forum. Thursdays from 7 o'clock. Yes, Football Forum back next week at some point, And there is said pint going to be invo- uh, involved at some point before Christmas as well. Now, if you're wondering um, and listening back to, the, to this... Um, there is no Sheffield Wednesday presence. Now, uh, Connor's had to dash off because France against Morocco is more important than football <laughs> for him. And because he's gone, Shocking. I can say that. Um, it's it's unbelievable, but uh, we'll let him off this once. Um, he's now down to do all the football forum programs. Um, well, up until... For the foreseeable. For the for yeah. the foreseeable now. That's his punishment. Um, <laughs> or pleasure, whichever he prefers. Right. Onwards, we go then to unpredictable and uh, a look at uh, the predictions. And a look at last week. And we were saying last week, um, I'd not updated the scores. I have this week and I can provide you um, with said scores. Now, unfortunately, gents, um, I haven't noted down how you two both did. Uh, because this competition competition involves myself, Chappers, Connor, and George working together. Um, so, well, I do apologise, uh, but that's what you get for joining the team midway through the season. Um, I, what I can tell you is, and it's funny enough, he's just gone, and he got 11 points this week. Oof. Because, primarily, England-France we put down as a wild card picked by... No one essentially, so everyone was in cha- chance of double points. He got it spot. On, uh, did he get it spot? He, he did it. Uh, no, he didn't get it spot on. But he got you know, uh, Wednesday spot on. United uh, with a, two points and four points for the correct result. So uh, all points there, which is good because for the last two rounds he's had nothing. So uh, he's doing well. Chappers with a ten pointer. England France two one spot on. Uh, so ten points for him. And um, unfortunately, um, well, it was dismal for me. Two points, just the United result. Uh, so two points for myself. Chappers, 10. Connor with 11. And George actually got six. So there you are. It means scores on the doors, 31 rounds in. Connor, 91 in last, as per. 
But he's closing up. Chappers has 105 in second and myself still ahead. 125 as we go into round number 32 for this weekend's predictions. We've got United Wednesday in the wild card. Once again, the wild card picks itself. So there are plenty of chances um, for double points. Connor has very kindly sent me through his predictions. Um, so while I'm finding those out, um, we're going to start with uh, with our sub uh wednesday special <laughs> correspondent i don't know how to to ba but basically jed uh we're going to start with you sheffield wednesday you've seen them in action now so you know what they're about oxford united at uh hillsborough three o'clock on saturday your prediction please i think connor was touching that oxford are a tough tackling team and they, they they beat city a couple of weeks ago so uh yes um I think they're going to make it difficult for, for the Owls, but uh, I can't see past a home win. I think that's going to be 2-0 Wednesday. 2-0 Wednesday. Um, I'll write that down uh, because otherwise I'm going to forget. 2-0 Wednesday for um, for Jed. That says George. I will change that. Um, now, Connor, he's gone for 1-1 between um, Wednesday and Oxford. Uh, what am I? I'm going to say... I'm going to, I'm going to say 2-0. 2 0 Wednesday. I'm gonna I'm gonna join you with that one while I find out what Chappers has gone for. George, it's over to you. Um, I was also gonna say two 0 at first, but for the sake of wanting to be a little bit different, <laughs> I'm gonna say two two one instead. Uh, still to Wednesday. I can't, I can't see past them winning against Oxford at home this weekend but 2-1 I'll say 2-1 it's funny you say that because Chappers obviously United minds think alike he's also gone 2-1 United um, and speaking of United let's get on to it then Wigan against Sheffield United 22nd for Wigan against United in second we're going to start with our resident United expert um, and that is Chappers he's gone 2-0 United so uh, positivity there uh, Jed we'll come to you next uh, I'm not sure what Blades, uh, Blades put a uh, record up at the G D W J J B. What, whatever, whatever it's called nowadays. Whatever it's called. Um, again, I think I think Wigan. I think the league position lies a little bit. I th I think uh, United. I think they'll be buoyed on by that win. But I think I, I'm gonna go for a home win again. You know, I think I'm gonna go two one Wigan. 2-1 Wigan, and uh, you're definitely not welcome back here uh, for a while, <laughs> even when Exeter play at Hillsborough. Um, uh, not to April, then. <laughs> exactly. Um, right, so 2-1 uh, to Wigan for Jed. Um, you were going to come to you next, George. What are you going for? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say Wigan are going to win it, obviously. But I... I would hope not. Yeah, I'm... It's how many goals I think are going to score. I think United will win it. And I'd like to think it'll be a strong performance than the one we put in at Huddersfield. So I'm going to stick my neck out a little bit and say 3-0 United. 3-0 United. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that. Anyway, I think we'll, we'll have a slightly better performance. And Billy Sharp's going in the last one. I wouldn't be surprised if he did it again. If, he's, if he even plays. Well, we <laughs> shall see. Uh, so 3-0 for George. Uh, I'm going 2-0 United. Um, as well. Uh, so Chapa's going 2-0. I'm going 2-0. George going 3-0. Jed, you're going 2-1. Connor going 3-0 as well. Ooh. 
so uh, to United. Uh, so you're the only uh, backer other than a, uh, a Sheffield United victory. I think they call that devil's advocate. Quite. Um, so the wild card this week, um, well... It's not helpful, given the fact that one of the semi-finals has not been decided yet. Um, so the plan for the wild card is the World Cup final. Um, it is Argentina against either France or Morocco, and by the time this is out, obviously we'll probably we'll know. Uh, but until then, we're going to predict both games, <laughs> i.e., Argentina against France and Argentina against Morocco. Um, so forty-five minutes out from the uh, the semi-final starting. Um, it is Sunday. It's three o'clock on uh, on the BBC because why would you watch ITV? Um, simple as. Um, right. Let's start with. Right. If it's Argent, I'm going to get rattle through these quickly. Um, so, if it is the outside chance, Argentina against Morocco. Um, Chappers has gone a three-one Argentina over Morocco. Connor has gone 3-0 Argentina over Morocco. I've gone 2-0 Argentina over Morocco. Over to our reserves. I'm going to agree with you with the 2-0 Argentina. 2-0 Argentina if it's Morocco. Yeah. And Jed? 1-0 Morocco. Oh, he he loves playing devil's advocate. It's because I'm 100 points behind, so (laughs) if, if I get it, Amazing. Straight up the table, aren't I? It's a shame he's still <laughs> put, it this, put it this way. Put it this way. I'll tell you what I'll do. If it's Argentina against Morocco in the final and you get that, I will give you 100 points. Thank you. Even though you're not part of the competition, I will give you 100 <laughs> points. Hakimi uh, to score the winner as well. Akraf Hakimi is oh, a yeah. fantastic player. Um, right, the most likely um, World Cup final, though. Argentina, if it's France in the final. Um, and... This is only normal time, remember, so this isn't extra time or anything like that. We're just going for after 90 minutes. Um, myself, Chappers and Connor, all gone for the same scoreline. We're going to tell you what... I'm going to tell you what that is after you two. So, Jed, you're up first. Nil, nil. A nil, nil after 90? 2-1 to Argentina. So, you're, so, pretty much everyone is saying if there's going to be a winner in 90 minutes, apart from you, um, it is Argentina. You're going... 1-0 Argentina. And it's funny that because myself, Chappers and Connor have all gone for a 1-1 after 90 minutes if it's Argentina against France. There we go. So those are the scores on the doors. We'll give you the answer to those on next week's show before we do finish. The answer to that quiz question, uh, the only tier, the problem is you've got one less man now. Um, the, the last... The only team to have scored past Morocco at this World Cup. At this World Cup. And if you've got it, the goal scorer as well. Right. Well, it's realistically, it's one of three teams, I think. Because yeah, there's, it, there's, you don't have many choices for the team. So. I'm just trying to think. Did, did Belgium get a penalty against them? Was it Belgium? <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying it's Croatia. Okay, Croatia. No, because Croatia was nil-nil. Croatia was nil nil, wasn't it? So that obviously leaves one of two, because I assume it was in the group stage. Yeah, I don't think it was. Croatia, Croatia haven't won in normal time yet, have they? Right, so I'm wrong anyway. Yeah, so I th- I think it's about. Be- oh, is it? Of Go course! On. Go on. Of course, it's just clicked. What were you going to say? I was going to say Belgium. But no, it's the other it's team. It's Canada. 
And I'll tell you oh, for it why. Is, it is. <laughs> because it is. it's Alfonso Davies, it's Alfonso isn't it? Davies. No, it's, it, you're, you're right. In a way, it was a, a bit of a trick question. Technically, if That's we're going by a technicality, the only team that scored past Morocco is Morocco. Because it was, it was an own goal against Canada. So I will um, give you that. It well, what I can tell Canada. you is that's not allowed. And uh, <laughs> what, that does me what that does mean is that um, that quiz question is ripped from existence. So it doesn't actually count because it was a trick question. And void. Well, that's not allowed because it's a trick question. Uh, simple as. It is a trick question. And we, we don't do trick questions on, fo on football forum. <laughs> So uh, a good effort, but it was an own goal. A, a second question then? Uh, that's probably for next week. That is when we're back. We're back next week. Uh, huge thank you to Jed for joining us. You'll be back at some point. Thank you very much. George and Connor will probably be back at some point as well. From Football Forum, from all the team here, thank you for joining us. We're back next week. See you soon. Your home for United and Wednesday. This is Football Forum.